Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph Troy Basham, MD. Andy Brant Bernard. Kristen Burt. And Tim Lammers. Honestly, God, we were just having a discussion about who has a better beauty shot, you or Kristen? <laughs> oh, look at <laughs> Okay, it's a it's a face off, Kristen. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's get her done, baby. All right, lots there to talk about this morning, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least in L.A., there's a lot going on. Just it's been a mess here. <laughs> well, I, I'm wondering if we're talking strike related, Kristen, I have a couple burning questions for you. Um, the first one is. If you are a director and actor now, directors obviously can do interviews for their films and promote their films. But if you're somebody like a Kenneth Branagh or somebody like Ania Vardalis, who I met and, and loved she, for the first Greek wedding. I talked with her for the first two, and all of a sudden, here she is directing the third one, and nothing. I love talking with Kenneth Branagh. They're doubly screwed on these projects, aren't they? They really are. Now, technically, she could have spoken, Nia Vardalos could have spoken about her movie as a director, talking about directing the actors, but she couldn't talk about working those scenes as an actor. It gets so complicated. You can see yeah, where I'm I mean, going with you this. You slip up, and if you slip up, you're kicked out of the union, basically, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they, that they would. You know what I mean? Like they're going, I understand like how you were acting, you were representing yourself as a director, but I do think it's a slippery slope, and I think that's why most actors who are you know, sort of cross over to different unions and guilds just have opted out of the entire publicity machine altogether because it's uncomfortable and it looks like you're crossing the strike lines because a lot of people don't understand all the rules anyway. And if you just saw Jessica Chastain, she was at the Venice Film Festival. She was allowed as an actress to go and represent the movie because it had one of those interim agreements. She said, I was really nervous to be here. I was worried about the uh, backlash. But, you know, she wore her strike T-shirt and everything mm -hmm. and made it very clear and made a very passionate speech. But it's it's a struggle for everybody. Well, the big one that's coming up is Bradley Cooper, too. Right. For yeah. Maestro. I mean, what does he do? And this has been a really big pet project for him that he does want to promote and he hasn't been able to. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I, and I pretty much figured that was going to be the case, that they just simply couldn't because they couldn't risk it. But the other big question is, is, is the strike... Is it weakening on the Guild side? Because, uh, you know, Drew Barrymore coming back to do her show... Without writers, which seems really, really weird to me. How the hell they're going to pull this off, I don't know. But I think Hollywood is generally pissed at her for doing it. But she has great intentions. She wants to put all the people together, uh, to, you know, her crew to work, you know, by bringing them back. And now I read, I think, Jennifer Hudson and there's another person. The talk I mean, is also doing it. In the talk, yeah. So uh, is that signs of something is caving now because they're doing this? It's a funny situation because she's running off of, uh, Drew Barrymore's running off of a network contract code, which is a lot of the daytime shows, daytime talk shows, um, game shows, Dancing with the Stars runs off of it. That's why you'll see all of these, these types of shows running this year. Um, so Drew in her capacity as a host is not crossing the strike line, but Drew writing her own material is crossing the WGA strike line, even though... 
she's not a WGA member, which is completely frowned upon. So SAG is like, we can't sanction her from a host perspective, but WGA has the right to pick it outside the show and cause as much disruption as possible. And she's going to have to go into those stage doors every day, crossing that picket line, which I know Ralph is going to say, you never cross a picket line and you don't. <laughs> and, you don't. and that's, and that's a, this a lack of solidarity. You have to have solidarity when you're going to strike. You can't say, Oh, sometimes, Oh no other times. And them starting these shows is altruistic as they want to sound. You right. never do that. I mean, you never do. So, yeah, it is. It, 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 they're cracking. They're cracking because they're, they, they, they can't stick to, stick to their guns. Do you think this is going to damage Drew's career? It's going to damage her reputation. I think a lot of the fans have, have been pretty harsh. If you go and look at her Instagram post where she talked about, like, I'm owning this decision. This is my decision only. She is a producer on the show, too. And... You look at the comments and they're 98% against her and only about 2% for her. And even though it is an economic struggle for so many people, because of course you have all of your support crew right now, they are, you know, collateral damage in these strikes. They're not working either. We've supported them when IATSE, that is kind of like the, the big crew union out here in Los Angeles, when they've had their strike. So they have to do the same. And I think a lot of people understand that. Um, but I'll tell you in the long run, it doesn't help her talk show. Hmm. Tom, you were alluding to it, what we were talking about a big mess. I mean, what, what, what else is going on? That's so messy out there. I mean, in the world. <clears throat> well, yeah, there's that. But, I think uh, I'm... Is there anything else that's happening in LA? That's just, uh, I, I can speak to that. Um, the big Danny Masterson case has been right, right. and the fallout from that and the fact that and I kind of like this, actually, because it it holds people accountable. All of these actors who decided to write character letters in favor of Danny Masterson, who had already been convicted of two rapes God. and there have been other victims. They just weren't able to bring them to trial. Um I really do believe that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis and Giovanni Ribisi and Deborah Jo Rupp and Kurtwood Smith, they never thought that these things would see the light of day because they usually stay under seal by the judge. Mm, yeah. The judge was like, yep. no, I'm going to release them. And guess what? Here's your accountability factor. God, how did, that's got to be a tough road to hoe. Right? First of all, I could never, ever do I don't care if my best friend in the world, I found out, did this kind of thing. I could never, ever support them. I, I wouldn't not. if it was my brother. I no. really wouldn't. No, of course not. You act like that, you deserve to go to prison. What, he got 25 years, didn't he? 30. 30 years he got. Uh, and yeah, he, and you know what's interesting, too? Um, Christina Ricci, I, I, did you see that story, Kristen, about Christina Ricci says, oh, there are a lot of stories of these great guys out there. I've met them, you know, but the, 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 what goes on off camera is a totally different yeah. thing. And yep. so... You know, I guess basically she was alluding to the whole Ashton Mila thing about Danny Masterson being a great guy, quote unquote. And, <laughs> you know, I'm wondering if this is going to this is if this is going to open up things. She didn't I, I name names. She didn't name names, but it's like she made it sound like, you know, just by the tone of it. I mean, it's got to be known people. Well, on TikTok, I will say that people are doing deep dives of former interviews, and this is where the internet bites you back. Um, 
remember Mila Kunis started on that 70s show when she was 14. Right. And there's a lot of interviews talking about how the writers at while she was underage made sure that she was making out with every single one of her co-stars within the storyline, but they were all over 18. Um, and that at one point backstage, Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson made a bet, made like a $10 bet of like who could kiss her first while she was underage. And oh. this happened on the Rosie O'Donnell show. They revealed the show thinking it's funny. Ha ha ha. It's disgusting. It's not funny. And, you know, but times have changed and things like that. And we look at things through a different lens and through a different perspective. It was never right to begin with, but now we're starting to call out that behavior. Well, where was her mom? Where That's was a her, great question. Where was her mom? At age 14, your parent has to be on set with you 24 seven when you're on set, period. So where was her mom? Are you up to age That's 16? Great question. Or dad. And well, yeah. Yeah. Mom or dad, <laughs> where are they? Dad. All of a sudden, a voice out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it's a really great point, too, because, Ralph, I'm sure you've seen it, too, yeah. with having your kids on set. There are some parents who are super attentive and watching over everyone, and then there are other parents that are just too busy doing other things. It's a real thing. thing. Uh-oh. Alex didn't mute her mic. What's that? I never changed there, anything. There, it's fixed now. You're fine. Don't worry about it. It's not a problem. We don't worry about things like that. Trying no to question. Sabotage we our don't. Show, as usual. Yeah, way to go, Alex. Okay. Usual sabotage, mm -hmm. typical. Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting about that? What you guys were talking about? I hang, had a group that I hung around with uh, from the time I was in seventh grade, and some of them I had known many years before that, Terry Burnham and people like that. But in my group of, let's say there were 22 of us, I think, when, all, when we were all involved, there's about, you know, eight or 10 of us kind of solid. <clears throat> and then another, you know, 12, 14 people would come and go. But they were dear friends. There is no way that my friends, even as young, preteen boys and then teenage boys, would have ever tolerated one of us doing something like that. There's no way that would have happened. I don't know. Did we just get lucky having Goodly? Because the Laurent brothers were a couple years older than the rest of us. And I just, it was never, you never even thought of acting like that. Isn't yeah. that weird? It's bizarre. It's a bizarre change in uh, mores. It's a just, it's just bizarre. So that this, so idea of uh, chasing, well, chasing after young women, but chasing after young women who are underage. I mean, it's just, a, it's just sick. It, it just doesn't, it, it's odd. Yeah, and I mean, the, our approach to it, and I, you know, it wasn't my approach, it was our approach as a group, was do you have a mother? Do you have sisters? Do you have daughters? You, don't, you know, you want them to be treated like that? Of course not. So therefore, you better not do that around us. I will tell you that flat out. I learned that from the time I was like 10, 11 years old. Do not act like that or get the hell away from us. That's right. I guess great. Just socially, they should be just gone. Yeah, I agree. And, but you said that socially, they were kind of supported in Hollywood. Yeah, they were. It's, and it's one of those things you see it a lot. Um, I don't know what it is about that 70s show cast. Uh, Wilmer Valderrama was also on part of right. that cast. Yep. He was dating Demi Lovato. She was 17. He was 29. She made a whole song about it. God. And she didn't realize until she was older what how significant that age difference yeah. is. Why yep. is an almost 30 year old man dating a 17 year old? That's Creepy as hell. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and we're talking only twenty some twenty some years ago. I mean, it's not that long ago that this stuff was happening. Right. Correct.
and it still happens. It'll continue. This stuff will continue to go on, on and on and on. No one wants to do anything about this because the men that are in control, you get it's just it's they're, they're in control and they have the power, and this is how they have the power over underlings, men and women both. They they use them sexually for them to for the underlings to get ahead. It, it's it, it's the way it is. Yeah. The good now, thing is. I just want to say the good thing on all of this is that a lot of the fans are calling out this behavior. It's maybe the one good thing that social media is doing, whether it's exposing people on TikTok or Twitter, but they're discussing it in there. And at least it draws the attention uh, into the public, you know, brings the darkness into the light. Good. Good. It's all true. And and that's exceptional. So so if, if, if truly these boycotts and public boycotts as a result of social media exposure occur, it's the best thing in the world, and uh, you know, it's one of the best things ever. Well, here's something that is, I don't know if it's going to emerge now because a very famous person has said it, but Tom, I got to get this. And if you have him on this podcast or the Morning Show podcast, let me know because I got to call in and ask him a question. Bernie Toppin has an uh, uh, autobiography coming out where he talks about his life and career And he says something here, and I thought about you, Tom, um, talking about the 70s and the behavior. He says, it made me very uncomfortable. Jimmy Page walking around with a 14-year-old girl. Oh, God. Now, he didn't imply anything. He says, even back then, it was horrifying. I might have done some dumb things, but I would have never been dumb enough to engage in that. Plus, I liked older women anyway. But what is he implying there? He doesn't get into it, but it's like... Jimmy Page, what the hell are you doing, man? Jimmy's an interesting guy, and I don't think all of his brain functions. Let me put it that way. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. This is guy. from an interview with, with Vulture, by the way. I should oh, okay. know. This is a legit interview that he did. Remember, yeah. um, Steven Tyler had a mother like sign over his her daughter so he could take her across state lines and not be arrested. He became her guardian. And was obviously dating her. I think she was like 14 or 15 at the time. These are very well documented. This was happening a lot during the 70s with all of the, the rock bands. Well, it was obviously accepted back then, which yeah. times have changed. But my God, that kind of shocked me to read that, you know. All right. <laughs> we'll get it out there out front because I know all you're thinking it. Because Catherine is who she is. Everybody thinks, how'd you two ever get together? Aren't you like 25 years older than she is? Shut up. <laughs> Leave me she up. wasn't 17 when you dated her, was she? No, I am also not 25 years older than her either. <laughs> no, I am not eight years older than her. So when you're 80 and, you, and you, you're dating a 30-year-old. Yeah. You know, I opened my checkbook and there she was. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, you know who's coming out with a... a memoir is crystal hefner who was hugh hefner's Mm. last wife and she said now that you know he's been dead for a while i think he died in what 2017 she's had perspective of really understanding of even what she went through as an i think she was 20 when she first met him and married him and just really didn't have sort of the brain function to really comprehend what was going on and now that, you know, she's in her 30s, she's like, oh, my gosh, the trauma that I endured. Oh, I bet. I would yeah. imagine well, well, so. Well, I'm, I'm, what trauma did she endure? Was he, was he abusive? Well, I, was I think it's been problem? anyone. 
Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, um, I would say, probably emotional and verbal abuse going on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Um, There was a lot of lack of consent, I would say, even though she was willingly sleeping with him. He would invite multiple people into their bedroom, and she would know... She wouldn't know who these people were. Ugh. So he would just say, this is who we're sleeping with tonight. And, I, you know, it, it really seems like a very domineering relationship where he, she had very little control. She had a curfew every day at 6 p.m. She had to be back in the house. What? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. <laughs> My kids have a later curfew than that. I know. And if you remember, he had those three girlfriends, the girls next door, they made a reality show out of it. They used to have a 9 p.m. curfew. But because they started sneaking out and things like that, he created a 6 p.m. curfew for his wife. Once again, I'd like to envision me giving Catherine Brandt a curfew. <laughs> oh my God, seriously. That wouldn't, that, that wouldn't work out so well. Followed for you. by a cast iron pan. Right there. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, I yeah. should mention the reason Catherine is not on today is, uh, and we don't, I still don't know what the hell caused it, but our emergency alarm went off at four o'clock this morning. Neat. And uh, Catherine was running around trying to fix it. I didn't even hear it go off because most of it, I guess, was upstairs. So I, I had gotten out of the shower and walked out, and I saw all these lights on. I'm going, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> but Catherine was up trying to – she was basically up for several hours trying to get this straightened away. Um, an ambulance came to our house. It summoned an ambulance so, you know, she dealt with that very, very well. Oh, yeah, if our house, if you don't do something around, I would not do something around our house because either the fire department, the EMTs, the AMTs, or the police are going to be there in about two minutes. I mean, they were there. They're not a in, home invasion house. Yeah, you do not. I would not invade my house. I'm just here to tell you. But, yeah, that's why Catherine's not here. She was up all night <clears throat> basically trying to figure out why this happened, yeah. how it happened, all the rest of it. So that's why my lovely wife, Catherine, is not here. So there you go. She has no curfew. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Catherine with a curfew. That just makes You're me like, laugh. You're like, you have a noon curfew. Get home. <laughs> you know, the one thing about it, though, and I'm very This is Catherine and my relationship. I adore this woman. I love her dearly. There's no question. So 4 o'clock in the morning, this happens. And so, I, like I said, I was in, in the shower and all the rest of it. I didn't even hear it. <clears throat> but... I come out, and there's Catherine running around the house trying to figure out how to get this thing shut off and what she should do with this, that, and the other thing. And she looked, because Catherine and I, when I was at KQRS for 37 years, never slept together during the week because I had to get up at 3.15 in the morning. So we, so I have my own room downstairs. She goes in my room, comes out and goes, do something about all those stacks of paper. I'm like, really? Now's the time to bring that up? Oh, that's so her. <laughs> what do that's, you mean? Just like I would do that to my husband. That's why I'm laughing. It's just like there's something actually happening, and then yeah. she's like, yeah, worried about something no, she, that doesn't actually matter. No, it's she's like not, what? She, really? she's, no, she's acting out because of the stress. Yes, she's yeah. acting yeah. out because yep. of the yep. stress. It's an attempt to regain to control yeah. over she gets, something. Yeah, yeah, she gets right. nitpicky when she's <laughs> under stress. Of like, I relate to that. I get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> oh, that's got to be fun for the husband, huh? Oh, he knows. He knows. He knows. Yeah. Well, well, back- yeah, he knows. He's a little messy, and I'm like, I can't function. Well, you know, <laughs> back, back to the Playboy Mansion. I have uh, a friend. Very close friend, 
who lives in, I live with in a house, and has been to the Playboy Mansion for, for parties with one of the Playmates of the Year. And uh, when she was there, she realized, it, it was well known that if you stay at the mansion past a certain hour, I, oh, don't, God. Know, I don't know what that is, then uh, that is sort of the witching hour, and all things go oh, at God. that point. No, thank you. So Ish. she was careful uh, with her friend to leave before the witching hour, and that and that was that was known. So you know, I don't I don't know when I I hear these these books about how I was damaged and I was hurt. You know, I you know you knew this stuff was going on. You know, before you married him, and I I, I, I don't have a lot of uh, sympathy. You know, for some of that. I mean, I, I understand she may have been damaged, everything like that. But to say that, well, I wasn't mature enough to make those decisions. Well, uh, I, I, I don't, I can't understand that. I know at age twenty, I was mature enough uh, to make those decisions. So it, it doesn't but I make think a lot of sense. A lot of them, if you look at a lot of the women who wind up becoming Playboy playmates and kind of get sucked into that world, you look at their, their. Um, childhood and you just realize that they had a rough childhood where they were oftentimes taken advantage of and things like that. And you, and you just, it kind of continues. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that level of abuse that's just continues. And you think, well, I can get fame and fortune. I can be a playboy play, playmate. And then you have all these men taking advantage of you. You have Bill Cosby hanging out at the mansion. Right. You know what Bill Cosby was doing. Bill and God. Hugh Hefner were very tight. They were close friends and they had all of these women at their disposal. And if that those, you know, ran out, that supply ran out, guess what? There's a fresh new, like, carload of women coming to Hollywood trying to make it here. And, and, so. and that's exactly why the casting couch works. Because it's exactly yep. the same all over Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. every person, if they have an opportunity to get a part, if, if, will do that. They are so desperate to get that part and be successful in Hollywood. It's exactly what they do. And, and I think it's just, so, so, so the two studies I'd like to see, I would like to see the number of uh, play more, play playmates or people that play, appeared in play, Playboy magazine uncovered, certainly, you know, how bad their childhood was, if mm -hmm. there's messed up. And I would also like to know the number of actresses who are successful today, who have, ha have slept with someone, uh, maybe, you know, passively to get that part. Well, I think a lot of the confusion in the Harvey Weinstein case, too, mm -hmm. there was definitely um, there were definitely situations of rape and sexual assault. There were also plenty of situations where women slept with Harvey Weinstein willingly to get parts because at that time, Miramax was cranking out all of the Oscar films and who doesn't want an Oscar? So there were plenty of women who were willingly sleeping with him. But I think for him, the power took over and everyone became accessible to him no matter what. We want this system to be pure in that no man, regardless of how a woman appears to him, should take advantage of her. In right. business, in Hollywood, in entertainment, in sports, that should never happen. Mm -hmm. On the same token, no woman or man should present themselves, you know, scantily clad, you know, revealing clothing to uh, to a man or a superior to get a promotion or a job. But human nature and hormones work against that. 
So I, unfortunately, you know, and I, and and this just should never happen, you know, you know, but it does, and the reason is is hormone. Yep, it always will. It always will. You think that the. Uh the casting couch is just as prevalent now oh, as it absolutely. was after absolutely. Weinstein. Just oh. they're a lot quieter now about it, or absolutely or something. I mean, if you're a young guy and you know you happen to know that uh, a producer or a director is gay, and you you might might be bi or gay or maybe you're not, you know, you're gonna wear that pair of tight pants in, you know, and the 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 tight shirt, you know, and the you know, nice, per, nice uh, cologne and things like that. And, and you might, uh, you know, I might be there just uh, to show yourself off and take advantage of the, your physique and your physical appearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 it, it's just, it can, ha- it can happen, you know? And it's unfortunate. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And, you know, it's it just a horrible system in that regard, but it's hormonal. <laughs> You're not going to change that. I wouldn't be surprised. But it happens if in they... an office setting too. Oh, no, no, that's that. what I'm saying. It all business, everywhere. all business. Yep. It should not. It, it happens everywhere. Sports everywhere. And we've heard about sports. All those things. It happens, and it should not. But it does. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I wouldn't be surprised if in the future there's like a law or some sort of rule, like a union rule or something like that, that says there's one casting director attracted to one half of the population and another one that's attracted to the other half. And then whatever half you don't belong to, that's the casting director that you're going to talk to. Because that eliminates the issue, theoretically. Yeah, yeah but it's not. But, but the director's the director. 
But and, and it always ends up, you know, when you get get your when you get your call back, well, yeah. you know, when you you know you do a reading and things like that, you know, they say, well, the director would like to visit with you a little bit, to talk, mm-hmm. give you some notes on on you know how you did that sort of stuff. And in behind closed door, the director's talking to you and say, well, you know, you really want this part, don't you? Or you know, blah yeah. blah blah. I mean. And onset affairs happen all the time. Oh. You're in a bubble for three months. You're away from your spouse from that time. And when it's over, a lot of times the affair wraps right up. But, you know, word gets around after a while. So you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Hence the uh, Going back to- famous oh, long-lived Hollywood marriage. <laughs> yeah. Going back to that 70s show thing. So when, uh, was it Masterson and, and Kutcher had a bet? Is that what it was about Mia yes. Kunis? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, isn't it weird that years later that Kutcher and Kunis get married? But how old was Mila Kunis on the set at that time? Was she fourteen or something or fifteen? I mean, she she was a teenager. She was definitely underage. So I can't. I don't know if they revealed whether she was like fourteen or sixteen at the time. But it was began... kind of an ongoing joke. And Rosie O'Donnell, because this is an old clip. Remember when Rosie O'Donnell had her talk show? It's been quite a while, and she's talking with them and she's like really it's like i mean you could tell that even rosie was uncomfortable with how this story was being told she began the role at 14 but she was in the role until she was 23 so it depends on when it happened how much older is kutcher than her five uh five years. years i think i just looked it up five years there you go. she's 40 and he's 45 <clears throat> and now what happens to their careers after this hubbub. That debacle, that apology video oh, that they did, oh. first of all, it looks like hostages. It looked like their crisis <laughs> PR team. She <laughs> put them up against a wall and was like, start crying, go. Don't wear any makeup, Mila, go. Um, but it was obviously a written statement and that they were, so that's why it looked like a hostage video. It looked like they were reading off of it. Um, it didn't really take accountability for like why they chose to do it or that, they were under the assumption that these letters would never see the light of day. Um, they just kept on talking about how they support victims, but I'm like, just by writing the character letter, you did not support the survivors in the Danny Masterson case. And to add another layer to all of this too, we have to remember that Danny Masterson is a member of the church of Scientology and the church of Scientology harassed people that were involved in this case nonstop. It's documented. It went on throughout the case. Um, allegedly, Danny Masterson's sister was even contacting some of the survivors. It's horrific. So it adds, like, why would you say that any of this is acceptable based on your religion on top of it? Mm-hmm. But so, let's be honest, too. This this whole apology thing, does it even mean anything anymore in Hollywood? Or anywhere, really? Oh, you're absolved. You gave an apology. I, I don't look at that... that I wouldn't change my opinion about Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher after an apology video, even if it were completely sincere. I mean, I think you have to say you're sorry, but then maybe you just need to retreat from the public eye for a while and like let it is because it's going to blow over. There's going to be another controversy that'll take over the headlines and you move on and things like that. But you're also going to have to do the work and show that you're sorry. And I don't know what that means for them, but it's going to have to mean something because a lot of people were hurt by these character letters. So I have a question for you guys. I know nothing about Scientology. I mean, nothing. What is the deal? What's the draw? Why did all these famous people become Scientologists? 
they don't have the power that they used to. But oh, okay. back, you know, back in like the 80s and 90s when they were actively recruiting people. And in fact, when I moved here in the early 2000s to Los Angeles, they would try and recruit you. Um, they would call up like if you did a really big part or something, they would call your agent and be like, does she want to come down to the Scientology Center and, you know, maybe come to this little mixer we're having? And it used to be that a lot of the celebrities associated with Scientology would offer acting classes on the campus and people would go to network. This is before people really learned how damaging Scientology is. Um, So they were it was easy to sign people up and at least get them to take the beginning courses. That's why you'll see a lot of actors like because everyone who's ever taken a course, your name will stay on their website forever, forever. Really? And yes, even if you just took like one entry level course and then, you know, skipped out, it's crazy. So you'll see a lot of people in your and I always think, oh, I know they're not members of the Church of Scientology, but they must have taken a course when they were a no name, hoping huh. to kind of network with some of these other Scientologists. Now, the one thing I, I really think about, and, and Tim, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. We now have all this information about how damaging Scientology is. We have Leah Remini doing Emmy award-winning shows right. telling us with evidence. Um, how is it that we are not holding Tom Cruise and John Travolta accountable for any of this, for the atrocities happening? Yeah, you know, it's really always comes down to this separation between the artist and the art, right? I mean, I will admittedly not ever give Roman Polanski a pass. Right. And I guess I have tended to give Tom Cruise a pass and John Travolta a pass. Um, But there are specific things that are obviously tied to Polanski, whereas these guys are attached to a religion. Well, all religion has a laundry list of sins, I would guess. Right. So (laughs) why point out Scientology specifically? It's really tough. I mean, I guess that if you are in an interview and I interviewed Travolta once and, you know, when you got five, six minutes and you're there interviewing for somebody else, I mean, you're not going to go. You're not going to ask him. And he's the nicest guy ever, by the way. He is. He really is. Uh, So apparently if you engage in a Scientology question, they are more than happy to talk about it, albeit in a positive sort of way. One thing that was weird about the Travolta interview, and this was in person in Los Angeles, um, there were about 20 people in the room, hmm. you know, and, and I was me and it was me and Travolta and it's like all oh, these people behind them, you know, I don't know if they were waiting for this greenhorn to screw up or whatever, but you know, I didn't <laughs> thank God they didn't usher me away, <laughs> but I, I just thought that was strange. I've never seen a, a larger entourage at an interview than I did with this five, six minute thing I did with him. But again, yeah, I, I tend to I I don't I'm not saying I don't look the other way because I am certainly aware of, you know, their ties to Scientology. I just kind of I separate their personal lives in those instances. And maybe I'm wrong doing that. I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about that? Oh, I um, I I, I feel like now I feel like I'm getting to a point because Scientology Leah Remini right now has a harassment lawsuit against the Church of Scientology because they've been harassing her and her family and anyone associated with their family for the last decade. And so she's now suing them. And you start to you start to really going over the like the legal documents and seeing what they're doing. I'm like, this is not normal. This isn't this isn't um you shouldn't be like chasing after someone after they left the church. Like the Catholic Church has plenty of atrocities, plenty. 
I grew up yeah. in the Catholic Church. I don't know what you're talking but you about. Don't know, but are the priests chasing after you because you decided to leave the church? No. I mean, they're they're taking out websites mm-hmm. in your name. I mean, Tom, can you imagine if you left and I was like, I start Tom Bernard is a scumbag.com and then before. start writing <laughs> lies about you on a website? That's what happens. I recently wrote an article about Leah Remini. And in the middle of the night, I got an email from one of the spokespeople from Church of Scientology oh telling God. me I'm a horrible journalist and then telling me how horrible Leah Remini is. And that there's and they gave me like a five page statement. They said, you will publish this whole thing, which I did not because it was insane. I published like they said the Leah Remini lawsuit is ludicrous in quotes. You know what I mean? Like I just be, because it doesn't make sense. It's not normal that's all right. i can say it's well not i can normal. see if you know what i mean obviously if i got a letter like that my viewpoint would change entirely you know it was funny i did also talk with um kelly preston at one point and uh, again what a sweetheart i mean these people are very nice and it's always been the rule you know uh, treat people the way you want to be treated i mean if they're nice to me and again you know you're and you've been in these junket situations Kristen, where you got four or five minutes you can even if you wanted to probe Scientology, you're not going to get a lot. They would end it too. We all know that. Yeah, and they would end it too. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I've never been, I've never had the opportunity to. Um, and yeah, so I would imagine that if you did go after them, yeah, there's always somebody on the other side of the line. There's always somebody standing there. You're not going to get anything anyway. But again, I've read that with Cruz, if you want to talk about it, he is more than happy. The, to, to talk about it, but I, I've never had now the guy who does actually sit down and interview him. Hardly anybody he does for his junkets. I know for like uh, Mission Impossible and Top Gun, he stages these big events where he puts up this red carpet somewhere and he'll go down and people get two minutes if they're lucky. It's a very so, controlled situation, and I yeah, think oh, exactly. after his Oprah Winfrey couch jumping situation with Katie Holmes, which I wish Katie Holmes, I'm sure she has an NDA and can't, but I would love a tell all book with how that divorce happened because he's never seen his daughter since. Really? He took her out. I think like maybe once, like right after the divorce papers were signed. And then that was the last time he saw her. What? And you have have to remember on the reverse, on the flip side of all of this, Tom Cruise kept his children that he had with Nicole Kidman. They were adopted, but he kept them in Scientology. And Nicole Kidman has had a very, very strange relationship with her two adult children because they are Scientologists and because mm-hmm. she's considered an OP, which is oppressive person. Oh, God, an OP, really? Does, does Nicole ever talk about it in interviews? She does occasionally. She has occasionally. And I think, I I feel like it was a London publication that asked her about it. And she said, you know, my kids are adults. They are Scientologists. And I have to respect that. Um, From what I understand, she does not have have a relationship with her son, Connor Cruz. However, she does have a, a, a somewhat warm relationship with her daughter, Isabella, who goes by Isabella Kidman Cruz. So there is at least some type of relationship there. But really... Nicole Kidman's children are the one that she had and raised with Keith Urban. I mean, I think they're mm-hmm. still in their, they're probably early teens right now, but right. it's a weird situation. It, it seems that the, the power of Scientology, if Tom Cruise hasn't seen his child, uh, their power might be waning. Their power is definitely waning compared to yeah. 20 years ago, no question. Mm-hmm. 
So what was the what did the power cover? What do you so you join Scientology and you get you're trying to get to clear, is that right? Well you get to clear and then there's operating Thetan. Uh, and then I think that's the best one. I don't, what, what does it mean? What, what do you achieve? Well, so the basic idea is that there are these things called thetans, which are basically malevolent spirits mm-hmm. that attach themselves to you when you're born. So we're all full of malevolent spirits. Okay. And by getting rid of these spirits, you unlock the natural abilities of a human. So all humans naturally have these abilities, oh. but they're being dampened by the thetans. Well, yeah, because that's and you have to pay. Well, you have to pay th- to tens of thousands of dollars to, to get rid of the Thetans. Well, course, I remember but... when we had Nicole Remedy on, right? Leah's sister. Is yeah, this I is think that was a long time um, ago. She said, "I don't remember." Andy, you could look this up. How much it costs to go clear? Because that's like the it's, goal of Scientology. I think is going well over hundred thousand dollars, where oh. you get rid of all oh. of these spirits or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's like the ultimate goal. But you have to pay every single level, and you have to. $50,000 for clear. Uh, but Leah Remini a- said she gave millions by the time she did the oh, accounting God. of when she left. Let's see. Oh. Operating Thetan 8 is the best one. Um, and let's see. It's 128. Oh, prices have been updated. $128,000 to reach clear. Oh, another 33000 to reach Operating Thetan 3. And an additional 125000 for... Eight. $281,000. So, almost $300,000. Or you can find all of the Dragon Balls, uh, summon Shenron, <laughs> what? and wish to... No, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z reference. Which I mean, Scientology cost her $5 million. Well, that's the Ooh. thing, is you can keep on... Yeah. I don't exactly know how it works. Yeah, why? Well, they make donations to the church. So it's like once you're at Operating Thetan 8, I think you're pretty much good to go. But you can keep on. It's like people who donate all their life savings to, you know, mega churches. All these old people who are like yeah. they give give their house to a mega church. They just they do it because they want to, not because they are uh, well, promised anything. It's just like like any religion. It, you, yeah, you get something from you get something personally or spiritually or emotionally yep, from exactly. that gifting and the involvement. With, uh, with a group of people. Well, because there's definitely, there has to be Scientologists out there, probably even the majority of them, who are part of it because they believe that it helps people and not just because they want to, you know, become gods or whatever. So it's like they're thinking, oh, well, if we can spread the word, we can get the Thetans out of everyone, you know, peace on earth kind of thing. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, hmm, his guy, Tom, sent you.
Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Well, look who's here. Did you miss me, big ticket? Like an open sore Mrs. Carmex, man. Seriously, Doug, where have you been? I'm running flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. The fireworks capital just 15 minutes east of the St. Croix? That's the place. Anyway, I've come up with some marketing slogans, you know, to put Put us on the map. Read these and let me know what you think. Okay. <clears throat> Flagship Ford. Drive a lot. Save a little. Flagship Ford. You think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. Flagship Ford. The largest Ford dealership in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Flagship Ford. Where the cows are nervous. Flagship Ford. There is no ship, but we actually do literally have a flag. Awesome, huh? Read this. It's my favorite. Flagship Ford, white cars for... Oh, hell no, I'm not reading that. You've been day drinking again? Maybe. The point is, buying a car should be fun and make you giggle a little bit. This is a great store I'm really proud of. You can check us out at FlagshipFord.com or email me directly at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. FlagshipFord.com. Remember yes. that, that, that big mess with South Park and... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, chef, yep. Isaac yeah, Hayes. well, that, and then the, the episode with Travolta and Cruz and <laughs> the yep. closet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and, and it, this was a mess because, obviously, South Park is uh, Paramount property. Tom Cruise is, is basically done all of his films through Paramount and Sumner Redstone. So, obviously, there was some internal pressure there. Uh, but South Park got to credit those guys. Uh, was it Matt Stone and Trey Parker? Yep. yep. They did not bend. And that you can find that episode if you want. It's it's, it's one of there. the funniest episodes too. Oh my god! Oh, is it really? It really. It's so funny because um, who did they have? Um, no, it wasn't Kanye. It was. Um, that was funny too, though. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why am I blanking on his name? And yeah, he kept on going. Tom Cruise is in the closet. They kept singing it too. John, <laughs> well, yeah, John, John was in uh, the closet. Oh, yeah. it, R. Kelly. I R. Kelly. Right, yes, R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Who then has his own? Oh dear God. Yep. I guess sex <laughs> cults and is in jail for it. Yep. I mean, and these guys. But I mean, in this episode, out. they go for the jugular. Oh, these yeah. guys are. Fearless. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about him. I haven't watched the show in a couple of years, but they are fearless. And, and especially in this day and age, that's not an easy thing to get away with. I mean, you got to believe that there are people calling for the cancellation of prior episodes because these guys, they do everything. They go after everybody, which I've always loved about them, you know? All right. So Leah Remini spent $2 million on services and training courses. She made $3 million in donations. Um, some of the expenses included $40,000 to compensate Scientology for sandwiches and snacks she stole as a teenager over a few months <laughs> in the mid-1980s. Okay. We get this one. This one, okay. $5,000 for Scientology-approved marriage counseling to help her then-boyfriend, Angelo Pagan, who she's married to now, by the way, to reconcile with his first wife, which was not her. What? $5,000 in Scientology-approved marriage counseling to help her boyfriend reconcile with his first wife. Was her boyfriend uh, a former Scientologist as well? Yes, he's now her husband, and okay. she is very lucky. Her entire family left with her, and that doesn't normally happen. Usually it's just one family member leaves and everyone mm -hmm. shuns the person who left the religion, but everyone collectively decided to leave, and it... Um, 
Leah really started to question Scientology after she attended Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes's wedding. And um, there were weird things happening. They were just like leaving the baby on the floor in the bathroom by itself. Um, and I think little Surrey Cruz was only about five or six months old at the time, leaving her sitting there crying and wailing. And she's like, why isn't anyone attending to the baby? And um, David Miscavige, who is the head of Scientology, his wife, Shelly, has been missing for over a decade. What? And yes. Missing. They don't know where she is. They don't know if she is alive or dead. It's mm, nice. Leah Remini, when she left Scientology after asking at the wedding, like where Shelly was and no one would answer her, made a missing persons report to the LAPD. And it is alleged that they propped up somebody and said, this is Shelly. She's fine. When the LAPD came to do a wellness check. God, they don't necessarily know if it was her or not. Why do you think it is that human beings need this sort of thing? I mean, I grew up Catholic. I'm not a very religious person anymore. I don't, I don't know if there is a God or there's not. I hope there is. You know, I don't know if there is or not, though. Why, why do people need someone else to tell them how to be holy? I don't get that. I don't understand that at all. It's, I think it's one of the basic human needs mm -hmm. to try to deal with the unknown of death, yep. the unknown of why you're stricken with a disease at a certain time. And then religions, you know, th that's the key part of it. And then religions can expand beyond that and, and try to, to use that sort of comforting to control your life. Oh, you shouldn't act like this, or you should act like this. Or yeah. This is what you should do to yeah. uh, get to some spiritual level. Um, and and so all religions kind of do that, you know. Degree. They all have it, rules it, to some degree. Even rules. very loose religions like Shinto, where every village has their own version of Shinto, they all have certain rules, certain amulets you have to put on, you know. This is the, you know, rock where this one uh, kami lives, so we have to put an amulet on here every week, that sort of thing. And, and there's... And if you if you look at there's some parts of religion that are public safety, so the, well, yeah. the rabbinical rabbinical laws for food they're yep. kind of they kind of spring out of food safety from a millennia ago. Yeah, if you, you read know, a lot of the like Levitical that, laws that people are like, oh, why well, it's so stupid? Why can't you do this? But you can do this. It's because back then it's like the cloven hoof thing. You can't eat anything with a cloven hoof because back then that was a great way to get intestinal parasites and die. Yeah. So, but they had yeah. to dress it up as, you know, God will get mad if you do it. But well, I, it, it had a practical purpose. I don't know. You if can't God tell gets, them. I don't know if God gets mad, but it's it's still something. It's a tradition and it, mm -hmm. it's a dedication that they have. You know, and it's yeah, just parts parts of religion. I mean, that they they like to they want to start. And then they start controlling you. And then, of course, there's the element of money. You know, if you can start getting a flow of money, then you're processing souls as a business. It, it's sort of a funny. It's, it's, it's a funny kind of a, a movement as far as organized religion, but I think that's why people turn to it to get that uh, comfort. All right, I have a question. This all, yeah, go ahead. Very quick question. If there is a God, why did I have to work with Cumulus? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. He was testing you. He was testing you. There you go, Tommy. <laughs> God doesn't give you I things. I was going to say, you all this handle. talk about all yes, these things. Tom, you're aware of this. My ultimate goal in life is to go live in an effing cave. Yeah, I understand. As long as it has Wi Fi, yep. that's great. I, <laughs> I got to have Wi Fi. I get away from all of this. It's just insanity, man. Yeah, I know. Where is there a cave? It Are reminds we... me of um, <sighs> Stanley's Lighthouse from uh, The Office. 
Let's see if I can, I think I've got it here. Hopefully you guys will be able to hear it. I'm not sure though. Uh, why isn't it playing? Oh, that's why. Some MLK dream for equality. I want to own a decommissioned lighthouse and I want to live at the top and nobody knows I live there. And there's a button that I can press and launch that lighthouse into space. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's Tim's dream. His dream. <laughs> Launching into space is his dream. Mm-hmm. Well, there okay. you go. There you go. As, as long as we're talking about this religion and connection that great. with, with, hey. with uh, certain behaviors, what about the case of Ruby Frank? I just... What's going on? What is happening? Uh, StreamYard is breaking again. Oh, Uh-oh. Jesus. What is the problem with StreamYard? Comcast won't come out and fix it. That's the problem. When are they going to get out? Okay, well, who, who needs to call them? Uh, we've been talking to them multiple times. And they just won't come out? Seems that way. What, what do they say? I don't know. I'm not part of it. Can't tell you anything. Should we have to? We still have see, to pay now the bill? I see Tom's mouth moving, but I hear the words later. There we go. This, delay. <sighs> this building. That was really funny, Tom. I don't maybe it's the same with me, but you you talked, and all of a sudden I saw this <laughs> Godzilla movie. <laughs> Gojira. That's how it was with Kostaki. I mean, it's not funny for you guys, but it's kind of it funny, funny watching for us. this not badly studio. dubbed foreign film. Yep, exactly. You know what I'm gonna have to do is go down to the management office here and tell them you get Comcast here and fix this, or we're gonna move out of this building. It's been pretty bad. We're, we've it's been horrible. trying to figure out what's going on, but we can't. I don't get it. You know, we had, of course we had all of ten minutes left to go, and it had to fall apart again at the end. But you guys are all back now, aren't you? No, yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. There but is go. there that big a delay? Can you? What? No, I'm I'm hearing you. It's just if you don't look at the screen, I mean, it's just like we're talking. Yeah. Oh, just the video and the audio isn't in sync. Yeah, that's yeah. So I'm not hearing any delay. When I stopped, I I thought I heard Ralph talking, and then I heard like an echo. But then the the echo was gone, and I don't know. I'm behind the mic, so you can't see. But I don't know if you can see if there's a delay now or not. It could it be the long arm of Scientology? Oh, Oh, it could be. Scientology screwing up our feed. The Thetans yeah. have entered them. our system. I, I was I was just bringing up the you know the case yeah. of Ruby Frank. Yes, I don't know who that is. Oh, oh that's, that's, Ruby is. that's that's the, that's the Utah mom who was a YouTube sensation on how popular she was on YouTube. Eight passengers. <clears throat> it was the name of their YouTube channel. And she, her and her business partner uh, got into a little uh, trouble with uh, some child abuse. Oh, Some God. pretty serious child abuse and uh, starving children, and it, it just it didn't turn out well. They're arrested and, and no bail and and whatnot. So, I, I think what was really sad in that case too is that people had been calling for over a year, neighbors, family members, mm-hmm. to address the situation of at least child neglect, if not child abuse, and they got nowhere with you know child protective services and the cops, and it finally took. A kid escaping out a window asking to be fed while having duct tape on their limbs because they had obviously, it's crazy to me. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's a 
system doesn't work, even in Utah. No. You see, and I kind of would expect it to uh, work in Utah, but it was in the rural areas, and I don't know the particulars of of that. But the homes were nice. The video of the homes, they were pretty good. Some nice homes south of uh, Salt Lake, a few hours. So. It's a great home to be duct taped to. Oh. <laughs> I suppose that's true. <laughs> Speaking of Utah, has anybody seen the, I believe it's a Hulu FX series, Under the Banner of Heaven? No. God, I need something new to watch, too. It's It's been out a while. Andrew Garfield is in it. Um, boy, who is the guy that was in Yellowstone? I'll have to look him up. Great actor. Um, but it, it explores the failings of the Mormons. And uh, not in a comical sort of way, like the South Park, whatever, whatever, whatever. what was that play called? Uh, uh, Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. Yeah, Book of Mormon. Yeah, there you Which go. I've never seen, but I've I seen understand. It. It's, it's very reverent. It was awful. <laughs> you know this actor. Oh, uh, Sam Worthington is in it. And one other guy that I just, oh, the girl that was in um, Daisy Edgar Jones. She was in uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. <clears throat> and, yeah, and think uh, about her like coming into marriage with Andrew and trying to fit into the family. Yeah, I think I saw a, a few of the episodes. Group. I don't think I've seen the whole series, but it's good. So you know, you, you know, you talk about the Scientology thing, and that these issues aren't exclusive to Scientology. I mean, there's some problems all around. Gil Birmingham is the actor I'm thinking of. Tommy, he was in that movie we love, uh, the Jeff Bridges movie. Heller Highwater. Oh, Heller Highwater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Gil, yeah. Gil Birmingham. I think he is on Yellowstone, one of those shows. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's in it as well. But yeah, Under the Banner of Heaven. It's a terrific series. You know, it, it's an eye opener. Put it that way. You know what I learned just about uh, three, four days ago? There's a show that used to be on, uh, it was only on one season about 10 years ago. It was called 10 Things You Didn't Know. And it was about people like Hitler and the 10 things you didn't know about Hitler and all the rest of it. Uh, 10 things you didn't know about Mormons. I'm watching that episode. There were 22, 24-minute episodes, something like that. Uh, 10 things you didn't know about Mormons. And this is a fact, by the way, because I checked on it. Mormons, when they, had, they got kicked out and they had to move to Utah, which was named after the Ute tribe, obviously, right. Uh, once they settled in, they decided they had to take over the entire state. And you know why they had to take over the entire state? Because Native Americans weren't Native American. They were okay. Jews. <laughs> it's like, what? They really believed that. They did not want to be there. because They didn't want them there anymore because they weren't really Native Americans. They were Jews. They, that was, they, <laughs> that's, that's the story of the Lost Tribes. They're, they're, yes, they're, yes. The Lost Tribes went to the Americas, and that's that, that there's a whole uh, part. I think part of that's in the Book of Mormon with regards to that, that uh, right. belief. And Mormon's another one of those things that you're just like, how do people believe this? I know. How well, can you believe that stuff? There's a lot. Of, yeah, every religion's got that. The magic underwear. Magic underwear. Magic underwear. Yep. So wild. There's a lot to that. I mean, turning the turning the uh, the, the host and the uh, wine into blood. Transubstantiation is a little weird. Catholic, say, just religion has a lot of very like every religion magical. Yeah. Every religion has. I know. I my kids go to a religious school. And they have this thing at their school where if a teacher, there's basically within what religion they, the school is, they have a 
poaching system, kind of, for teachers. Mm -hmm. So if a school needs a teacher, they will reach out to other teachers at other schools that are this religion and be like, we'll pay you more to come work for us. But they call it a divine call. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and so one of my friends who is quite religious, but she's just like non-denominational Christian, she was like, I just feel like it's kind of, it's so weird that they turn it into like a religious thing. Like it's a divine thing and God has to be involved. And I'm like, well, a lot of people think God's involved in absolutely everything, you know? And she's like, well, it just seems so weird to me. I'm like, yeah, but think about how weird reli- everything in religion is to everybody. And like if I you're agree. if you talked her. Yeah, I'm like if you talk to somebody that had never heard of Christianity and you prayed before a meal in front of them like please nurture th- our bodies mm-hmm. with this food, like that would seem really weird. I don't know, depending on who you talk to, something like 95% of all humans belong to some religion. Really? So I mean, you know, a, yeah. someone from right. India and someone from Utah, very different religions, yeah. but still also not all that different, really. That's right. Yeah. Oh, because totally. Because they're still praying to their gods with about food and safety. Yeah, and, and all the same all things. All the very basic yeah. things that humans need to survive, yeah. they all ascribe it to this, like, a certain pantheon But I do or think church god. membership is going downhill as you oh, go by it? generation, like millennial yes. to Gen Z. There's less and less people going to being a part of organized religion. I think I have two friends that are religious. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, this thing with the uh, alien, the the testimony before Congress and finding aliens and spacecraft and all that sort of stuff. You know, the big worry about never revealing that was that it might cause a mass panic and, and, and basically expose to the religious people in the world that we are not alone. Um, But then all of a sudden, the religious people kind of spun that whole, well, there are other people out there. And they said, of course, because God created those those aliens. But it validates Scientology. That's true, because Xenu came from a different planet in order to validate Scientology. Mm. Oh, I have been reading this fact book with Sage before bed, and... There was a space section last night, and it, like, space is huge, man. Yes, it certainly is. It's functionally infinite. I mean... Reading it, it's like you can't think about it too much. You get freaked well, out. Well, okay, let me ask. We got this. You open the UFO, the UFO black box or the Pandora's box. Why have all of the UFO crashes, all of the equipment, everything, been only taken up by the military? Why haven't? Why isn't Ooh. some? Why isn't one crash like in my backyard? That is, you know, a, yeah. Right. I know well, what the, what they don't this? like you. They, yeah, they but isn't part of the issue here that some defense contractors have this stuff in their possession and are trying to develop technology well, that they can basically own all of the defense? Yeah, I well, thought that was part of it, isn't it? Yeah, and, and what you know, China doesn't have it. Russia doesn't have it. You know, they're not crashing out in the, you know in the floods in Libya. Well, as far well, as you know, you know as far, yeah, well, well, maybe where's, China where's and Russia the stuff do going? have a bunch, yeah, well, but that, they just don't yeah, talk I, about it. Yeah, that, that my point is. Is that there's so much of this? If this is a real thing, I, I don't know. I think I, I think, well over ninety percent of all UFO sightings happen in America, which does seem improbable. I yes. think. So yeah. it's. I mean, I don't think that there are there's a UFO anywhere. I don't think there's you know captive aliens or anything like that. I think there's probably life somewhere out there, but we're separated by so many billions of light years that it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. I mean, oh, I wish I remembered some of these facts that we read last night. It was like if you took a modern spacecraft across our galaxy, it would take 
uh, well, 1.4. <laughs> it was like 1.4 billion years or right. something like that. And that's just right. our galaxy. If you, you know, could like, go the speed of light, it would take you 2.9 million years to reach the next closest galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like even, let's say the Andromeda yeah. galaxy is just teeming with life, 100 billion planets with life on it. It doesn't matter. They're not going to come here. They can't come here unless yeah, they like can. There's no... Unless they can teleport or something yeah. like that. There's no way we're ever even going to be able to communicate. Yes. So exactly. it's like it's just too far away. What does it matter? I guess is my point. And there's like the there's a planet that's like our sun is so huge, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there's a planet in somewhere named it was like letters and numbers. Yeah. I don't even remember. <laughs> but it's like. X amount of times more giant than our sun. I'm like, what? What is happening? Oh yeah, this our, is just... compared to red giants, our sun is a, it's a pebble compared I to know. a beach ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then think of like Earth compared to that. Yep. Think of the sunscreen I need. Just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> truly. No, I already have to use SPF. We have a, a thousand billion light years. So. Yeah, the, the story of uh, Lucifer's hammer might be playing out in front of us. Uh, there was an amateur discovered uh, comet that's on its way to the sun. It's going to come very close to the sun, and it may either go into the sun or not. So that, that's the story of uh, Lucifer's hammer, so we'll see. If comet hit us, this hit the sun, I don't think much would happen. No, no. the thing about Lucifer's hammer, it, just, it doesn't hit the sun. Oh, it slingshots? It comes slingshots around and then hits the earth. Oh. That's, that's uh, the, that uh, wouldn't be good. Yeah. I'd that ruin your day. Yeah. Well, I just for that, I'm going to go have a sandwich. away from this is, no matter where in the galaxy, just find me an effing cave. No, <laughs> there there's a go. lot of caves out there. There's nothing but caves. caves. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. From comics no from media. Did you know that there are more, last fact, uh, there are more trees on Earth than stars in our whatever? Well, trees are small. But I mean, yeah, galaxy. I was like, I've lost the word. Really? Yeah, more trees on Earth than stars in our galaxy, and the galaxy is that big. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? I have no idea. That's a fun fact. Hey, I'm gonna bring I'll be bringing a lot of those within in the next week because of We're reading, reading this book. Off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there you go. We're gonna get to that point with Ethan in the next few years. Have a lot of. Ethan's still at the point where he's like thrilled that he can point at an apple and almost say the word apple. Yes, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the little thing. Just don't have him point to a clock and try to pronounce that because it doesn't come out. Yeah, oh, he's been. No. He leaves out the L. He sure does. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can I just, I have to share he something. He did one of those yesterday. Did he? I'll tell you I, a new one once Alex is done. I have to share something. There's, so I'm now a teaching aide for second grade. And um, I, part of my job is grading the kids' homework. Oh, okay. And there are a couple students in Fawn's class that are, their first language, language is Russian. And mm. we, yesterday... We did this activity where they took scraps of paper that one had, like, the first half of the sentence and the second half of the sentence. And as teams, they made sentences together. And one of the Russian-speaking students wrote, and it was supposed to say, like, the first half of the sentence was my teacher. And then it said, the old sock. And so he, like, didn't really make a sentence that made any sense. Mm -hmm. But he wrote, my teacher, the old cock. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, he turned it into a rooster. (laughs) I know, as I was reading it, I was like, okay. Technically, he achieved the (laughs) assignment. And I was like, okay, well, neat. All right. That's not a full sentence, technically, I don't think. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 
Now, my teacher is the old. No. Yeah, what well, about no her? Verb in yeah, no verb. true, true, no verb. true. Diagram yeah. sentence. It's a sentence fragment. Oh, yeah. F no. minus. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for another week. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Bye.